Hello, and welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast. In this microbrew episode, we bring you a discussion from our board game mechanics series on YouTube. This time, we tackle randomization in games. Do games need randomization to be fun? How much is too much randomization and how much is too little? We will tackle all those questions and more coming right up. So we're going to try a little something, um, a podcast version of something that Shuck has done on the YouTube channel. Shuck has a, a mechanic or, or a mechanism that he wants to talk about, and then uh, well, I'll just well, let you, let's, let's yeah. pass it off to Shuck. Well, so if you've been following that at all on, on YouTube.com, <laughs> I can't even finish it. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay, while they're laughing, by the way, this is one of my favorite. I, I've, uh, I've been in charge of the YouTube channel for a while, and this is Shuck series is one of my favorite ones the, that we've done, and it's been short-lived, so... so Beg him for more of this because they're fantastic. Yeah, you need to go check out his board game mechanic series. Go ahead, Chuck. It's been a good year, so unfortunately, and we we need to revive this because it. Uh, I have fun making them. Uh, they're just uh, they're amazing. Of, they're kind of a pain. And I'm not just. Uh, if anybody knows me, my relationship with Chuck, I'm I'm not being nice to him. He irritates me most <laughs> of the time, but his his videos are good. Uh, they're they're just kind of a, a pain to edit. So we're gonna try a little bit different of a format. Um, on here, uh, see how this will to work out. But I'm gonna kind of start in the same direction that I started with the YouTube. So if you're familiar with it at all, you can see that. But if you're not, um, the the way I like to start out the the mechanics uh, are uh, to to just talk about randomization and how that works in board games. Um, and in my opinion, and and I've had a few arguments with some of our YouTube people about this, but I believe that rec- uh, randomization is in every single game that you play. Um, and, and this is in a variety of different ways. Uh, some of the most common are obviously dice or, or cards. Um, there are some uh, um, you know, various ways to do it. Uh, but even in the inherent uh, randomness of the unknown from your opponent's play, uh, you don't know what they're going to do. Um, and, and the way I describe randomization is any lack of pattern, and this may be our definition on the website, I can't remember, but any lack of pan- pattern or predictability in a game can be considered random. And because you don't know what they're going to do, I mean, that in itself is random. And uh, just, just, of course, there are some, like, chess, where if you're good enough and play long enough, yeah, you're skirting you, the line at you, that point. You, you know kind of what they're probably going to do, but you still don't know. So there is a little bit of a, a random element to that game. Um, but what, what I like about this, this topic is um, talking about the designing aspect of a game and how you incorporate your randomization. And that's kind of what um, your, your YouTube channel, yeah, the, the series is about, is not necessarily how do these play in games, but if yeah. you're designing games... Um, how can you control that element in your game? Yeah, and and so one of the things that I, I put up, um, which actually I need to revise because the math isn't right, but the um, the dice and cards, when you start looking at combinations of probability, um, when you are re-rolling a dice, the probability is the same every time, basically. It's a once one out of six chance you're going to get a number, uh, assuming you're looking at a normal standard six pick d six, yeah, uh, die or whatever. But and then in cards, typically when you draw a card, you you discard it. You're not putting it back in the deck. 
And so those affect the probabilities and the chance of the way that the game is designed. Um, you know, a dice offer a little bit more of a chaotic nature to combat. You know, you look at a, an Ameritrash game or, or a thematic game, as some people like to call it, and when you go into war, you fight with dice, and it's completely kind of unknown. You know, you, anybody can win that match. But it's really exciting when you do and kind of stinks when you don't. So there's that kind of design. But there's also another design where you can control how the game plays out and the way that your cards are, are designed. You know, what's on your card, uh, how much of a resource is on there, how little of a particular resource is on there, how many of those cards are in that deck. It's a very fine-tuned uh, piece of designed work that can be done with something like this. And there's just that that's what intrigues me about this and why I like to start with it. Because how can you go into talking about a bunch of complicated mechanisms when you don't even talk about how this is designed in the game to begin with? And so that's why I like to start with it. Um, I mean, obviously there are different... Uh, types of games that give some of the uh, examples, and I go through that in the YouTube video. But I'm curious what kind of games y'all have in mind when you think of these kinds of things, uh, how a designer, uh, you know, attacks this perspective of randomization. I'll say I tend to prefer games with a little bit of um, mitigation to the randomization or where, where you can kind of, where, where there is some randomness, but it, the game doesn't just swing completely on, on the randomness. And I guess that's just mainly me coming from generally kind of favoring a lot of, the, a lot of Euro games. But I think of games like uh, the Castles of Burgundy or even like Madeira that use dice for your action selection. But there's ways to modify those dice. Or, you know, if you really want to do a certain action Madeira, you can you can spend some more bread with your dice. Um and so I enjoy that little bit of randomness that they give to that game, though, because otherwise that game would just, you'd know what you were going to do every time. So when you, when you have those dice, it, it does kind of, it forces you to be creative, I guess. And so I, I, do, I do think, uh, I, I enjoy that aspect of it, I guess, just, just the kind of having to be creative to overcome the randomness, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, one of the examples that I use is King of Tokyo, uh, comparing to like something older like Yahtzee. Um, where Yahtzee seems kind of confined, and King of Tokyo gives you a lot of options that you are able to do with the dice. There's still a, a pressure luck type thing yeah. to it, but you have so many different things that you can do, and, and it, I think giving uh, a gamer choices also helps with some of that in this type of thing. You don't feel your fate is tied just to the dice. Like, even like in King of Tokyo, there's that push your luck. And so, yes, you are tied to the dice, but you have a choice. So you can look back and say, well, I should have kept that second roll, you know, or, or whatever, whatever it comes to. So there's two different ways that, um, that, that I think of because, because there's the delineation between dice and cards uh, for card play. We saw this in a um, you and I you and I talked about this a lot, Chuck, when we when you were designing um, space perimeter, and we wanted as a designer you wanted to control when certain things would come out. So we talked about tiering the decks, a tier mm -hmm. three deck, a tier two deck, a tier, tier one deck, and then you you still shuffle the decks. You still um, you know there's still a random element in them, but they stack on top of one another. Since then, we played Star Wars Rebellion. Uh, 
and that does the same thing for the for the rebel side. There's and, and what the designers doing at that point is they're 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 providing that random element what cards get to come out, mm-hmm. but they're still controlling the story. They're still controlling the the progression of elements that that your 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 kind of vanilla stuff's going to come out first and the heavy stuff's going to come out last and it's 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 kind of how the the designer puppeteers how the the um the whole game kind of ramps up and um and that's kind of one way i've seen the the random element be controlled by the designer even after they've released the game into the wild um well, a good example of that same thing is in the game we just played in power grid where you have this deck of uh, of power plants that you know the first few that come that are out at the beginning of the game are, are determined by the rules. You know you have numbers three through ten, I guess, uh, uh, sitting out on the table, and then from there it's it's pretty random as to how they come up. But what the designer did then is uh, to make sure that at the end of the game you had some really high power power <laughs> power plants uh, come up at the end was so at the end of each at the end of each round you take you know, the highest uh, numbered power plant from the market and put it under the deck. And so you're kind of stacking this these cards underneath the deck so that whenever you hit this last stage in the game, uh, you're getting all of those really uh, high-numbered uh, uh, power plants. So uh, it's random as, as to how they come out, but the designer is still controlling, like, when some of these will come out. Well, and I think going back to the space perimeter, part of the, the reason why we did that, and I'm sure why this is a, a pretty common theme, I mean, Colonist does that to an extreme extent, going into different eras and actually, like, full games, basically. Um, but one of the reasons why we were thinking about it was, uh, well, I don't want a huge point swing at the beginning of the game. I mean, that's not fair. And so we wanted to be able to distribute, you know, the points and the the way that the, the game plays out, like you said, telling the story. Uh, in such a way that you know this happens in the the first third, and, and even the 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 three s- different sections are are the number of cards in each of those is differing in that game. So there's just so many different ways to play that out, uh, giving again so much more control over the the randomization of that mm-hmm. and, and how that that works. And with what you're talking about, I'm even thinking about games I never would have really thought. About how they controlled, um, I guess that arc of the game. But even games like uh, that time we played Suburbia, you know, you've got your A stack, your B stack, and your C stack. So you've got some randomization there, but they can control what's, what you know, what is in the A stack, B stack, and C stack. But even beyond that, how the how the end game, you know, you use like fifteen tiles. I might get the number wrong, but it's like fifteen tiles in the C stack. But you count the bottom six, and somewhere in there, you mix that end game. So you know approximately where the end game token is, but you kind of don't know exactly. And so I, so there's some there's that random the random element, but it's been kind of mitigated, kind of controlled. The uh, the designers kind of finesse the design so that they can tell a little bit of a story. You've got these first buildings that come up, and then these second buildings that kind of interact with the first buildings, and then you've got these these you know these final buildings that are very powerful and will interact with these first two tiers. But so like he's but yet, at the same time, there's randomness. You could play five games, and you, one building may only come up one time in that game, or it could come up every single time. 
depends on on how they've you know i always wonder like what kind of spreadsheet these guys have you know of like mm. well i'm going to include five airports or, you know i mean it, it's all fascinating to it me, is a right? very large spreadsheet i assure you <laughs> oh i meant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like or like even like alhambra has that you know a much simpler level you've got three scorings well three scoring uh phases but you and it tells you to cut the deck into five sections and then mix the scoring cards into certain and then you know, and then you stack them. So you very carefully create that deck, and the designers very carefully and intentionally created that. Yet at the same time, there's so much that's random. But yet they've they've controlled the things they want to control or need to control, but then they leave everything else kind of to chance. So so there's another way to do this uh, again that I used in the original video uh, as an example was pandemic, and it's more of a dynamic way to control things. Um, it gives the user prior knowledge to uh, infected cities. So when you have the, what is it, the, the big infection card, or, or what is it called? I can't remember. The epidemic, uh, card? The epidemic, epidemic card. card. When the epidemic card comes out, you, you reshuffle everything that's already been infected and put it back on top of the deck. So now you know what you're going for. So that, that's a, an interesting way of, of handling something like that, where it's tiering it, but it's, it's a dynamic tiering based on the gameplay mm -hmm. and yeah. not something that was done. Because, I mean, honestly, if you split it up into in different you know, sections of the deck, that, that creates more setup time. Yeah, it's a bit contrived. And, 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 and so it, it's, it's kind of forced, uh, but sometimes it's necessary. Yeah. But th this is a, a pandemic was really good about how they handled that in-game. Mm -hmm. I thought was uh, pretty unique in the way that they did that. Very clever design. Yeah. Very well, clever. And, and the, every game can be a little bit different than, you know, in that way because yeah. it doesn't matter what the deck originally starts at. It matters how it plays out throughout right. that game you're playing right then. It creates tension because I know what's in that deck, but is that card going to be on the top of what I just shuffled in? Say I shuffled 10 cards. Is the card I'm hoping doesn't come up, is that city on the top, or is it number 10? No, I mean, I have no idea exactly where it is. Like, so like you said, it's got that randomization, but yet they're able to to use that to create tension because you know what went into that, that, that what was just shuffled in there, but you don't know where it's at. So it's, let's, you, you know. Let's talk a little bit about that, the, that tension factor and the, the kind of the kind of some types of random, randomness they can, that designers can use. So like what you're describing there is... Um, a okay so i'm trying to think of the, the best way to describe this so um you you a random event occurs and then you decide what to do with that so this is like the difference between something called input randomness and output randomness and those are two terms that i did not come up with i heard it on uh the ludology podcast um and so but i, I kind of i've kind of latched onto that where you have either it's it, it it's at what point the decision happens does it does it happen before the randomness occurs or does it happen after the randomness occurs and so you have a situation where uh let's take forbidden stars is a good example like you roll a bunch of dice so a random event occurs and then you decide what to do with those dice and so you're making all your decisions after the random randomness occurs or you have the situation like in pandemic where the card like the card draw is random so that the randomness happens first and then you're just wait a minute i think i just double back on myself um it's so, way too random. So, it, like the typical war game. So, the, your late. second example would be like Risk, where yeah, where you make a decision first, and then you go into it and you roll the dice to see what happens. Yeah. Um, and so the two, but point being, the two different kinds of tension that those things create. So, like controlling the feel of the game, like in in a game like Risk, 
when everything is kind of on that die roll, you know, everyone's kind of standing up around the table. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Whereas in Forbidden Stars, you roll those dice and then the tension is in your decisions after the fact. It's not in that die roll that just that, that happened. In fact, I was going to say, you know, we, we, we've kind of exhausted a lot of the card play decision makings and design. How does how does how does a designer control dice, which is, mm-hmm. I think, a lot harder. A lot of times it's it's add more dice. You add more dice, you increase your chances or add more faces of the dice or something like uh, um, Formula Day where they just change the physically change the numbers on the dice. Um, that's how they're trying to control that randomized factor. But I think Forbidden Stars is a very good um, example in how we can have a, a totally random engine at the beginning of an action. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's this whole slew of options that, that kind of bloom out of it. And it's, yeah. it's beautiful. Combat and Forbidden Stars is beautiful. Yeah, it kind of that dice roll sets the stage of all the choices to come. Well, a more simplified version of that type of uh, mechanic would be uh, one that I really like is Jamaica where you roll two dice, and then whoever's first player chooses the order of that dice, and then everybody else on the table, those dice dictate what they're going to choose for their card play. So you have the left side of your card and the right side of your card. The left one is the left die, the right is the right die. So you can get food or movement, but you get to make that decision. Everybody gets to make that decision based on the dice that have been rolled. So I think that's a a really neat way of handling it um, that gives options after the fact mm-hmm. and tend i tend to be the one that would rather do it after the fact <laughs> that's more of the euro type of way you mean the really. decision after the fact yeah 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 I, I would, like, well that's I would when agree. like the mitigation kind of thing comes into play and like the so you, the random event occurs and then you can mitigate it and, and kind of mold it into more of what you want y- you know i don't know if it's just because i have power grid on the the brain but uh i, I just realized that um uh changing player order can really affect your the random elements of your game the and and in that combination with the market markets also do a lot of that same type of thing because uh, if you have an adjustable market based on what people are doing in the game that's going to completely affect your strategy something that was happening a lot in that game like i want to bid for this power plant but i know that i'm not going to be able to buy the things from the market because i don't i don't get to go first it's more and of a question so, of am I going to have enough? Yeah, you know? and so you're, you're playing this game Is of... Is someone else going to buy what I need or am I going to look out and get it? Yeah, you're playing this game of uh, do I want to get uh, this or that and you know what? when do I want to do it? Do I want to be last or first? Or I mean, that, that's, that's kind of an interesting way that I hadn't thought of before. So, well, I mean, Even speaking of Power Grid, you know, just in, in having to react, I think there was a moment in this, in this game we played right before this where... I had hoped that a, 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 a power plant was going to move down, yet a card, the card that was drawn was actually a lower number. So that went down to the, to the, the yeah. available market. Yeah. And so here I was basing my strategy on I want to be able to get this sweet-looking power plant, and then what came out was something I didn't even really want, and yet I had to react to it, and I got, a, I got something a suboptimal That's, uh, an, that's result, another way know? of handling randomization. A lot of cards have uh, values on cards. Where um, and sometimes that affects turn order or the wood. <laughs> I, I see smiling going on. I don't know what's going. <laughs> I, I think just Brian's making faces behind no, me. No, I was yeah. sorry. But uh, but yeah, the, sometimes cards will have values on them um, that affect gameplay. Whether it it breaks ties or 
creates a, a, a player, you know, order or, uh, I mean, there's various number of things. So th- that's something else that, that really helps some of that. So there's a randomization element that I don't think that we've hit on. You know, whenever you're in like middle school math and they do the marbles in a bag thing. And, and I think no, I Gary's not. even, Gary's even talked about a little bit of this with, cause Orleans does this, yeah. right? The bag, the bag, uh, building kind of yeah. thing. But, um, oh, the same element comes Too out. Much head on the beer. The same. Sorry. <laughs> you totally like, I'm sorry. You Monday beard that. As he uh, pours more beer. Monday I'm beard. sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was out of, start over, please. No, no, please. no. no let's keep going. Cause you got like a quarter beer and like three quarter head on that beer. <laughs> I didn't mean to do it. You could have drank it for the bottle better than that. Um, I will drink it all. But. Here's here's where here's where that particular mechanic is kind of hidden in a game that we played recently, and it was the um, uh, oh come on, help me out with this the Japanese um, uh, Hanamikoji? No 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 the, the 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 Japanese war game map game we played oh, that's also Shogun. Shogun thank you because it's based on the German also yeah yeah Wallenstein Wallenstein you have gotta say it right <laughs> you have you have that. Um, the there's a randomization element in the, that the cube with the tower? combat, the cube tower, which is amazing, and it's kind of the same concept of like drawing randomly from a bag um, that you see, a bag that you seed, maybe you seed it different every every round, kind of like you might do in village or something like that. Um, I think the cube tower is probably my favorite implementation huh. of that bag. I hadn't draw thought element. about that as a bag building thing, but that's almost a, you're right. That's but it is it is one of the most fantastic. Randomization. I got so excited over the cube tower in. in I love Shogun. the cube tower. Yeah, it's amazing. And like you would get like so excited, like when you saw that, you know, you had like five cubes in there, and like four cubes came out, and they weren't your color. So you're like, the odds are stacked in my favor. And then yeah. you go in, and of course, none of your cubes come out, and you're like, they've got to be in there somewhere. But they still have to be in there. So, so yeah. it's not a loss so, because you know that the randomization element is still somewhere in there that's going to come out in your favor in the future. Y- you hope so. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, 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 like, it's, it's, it's that hope that you have. And then the green, the green peasant cubes come out, like, and you're like, why? You know, like, so, why, why did they come out? So the way that I considered uh, like, uh, drawing from a bag is, is very similar to card drawing. Oh, yeah. A- except that it's, it's like card drawing with an extra random element onto it because you can pick anything. So Orleans yeah. does this. I haven't got to play Orleans yet, and this is one that's on my my really really want to play list that Gary has uh, in in his home, and and so we talk about it a lot. But um, but you see that bag. Yeah. It's kind of it's it's a deck building element. It's it's the same as a building bag a deck, but you're just building a bag. Yeah. Um, like and so it's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing new here, but um, but I think it is um, kind of a tweak on the randomization. Um, mechanic that has been done in very creative ways, almost almost unrecognizable ways mm-hmm. um, that that I think is very clever. And I w- I'm curious to see if there's if there's another way some of these things come out as game gamers design because I think that's where we get really delighted when we see a, a, an old element yeah. come out in a new way, and we're like so delighted as gamers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, like uh, drafting, like river drafting, can do some of that. Uh, unique ways too, like Ticket to Ride or uh, what's the new one that I saw? The speaking of dice and different ways to use them, the uh, Sagrada. Have y'all seen that? Yeah, I've seen it's, pictures it's like of that. This, it's really cool. It's this uh, like uh, stained glass window, but you're using different 
like see-through colored, colored dice, dice what? to create this stained glass. But you're you're drafting dice, and you have like rules Sagrada? that you have to. I think it's Sagrada. I think okay, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm gonna look this go, up. Go I, haven't, I haven't heard of this I'm either. Pretty sure, I think it's like was it a, a church or something in in Europe? It's, it's right up your alley. I don't know what it is, area. but I do know that yeah, I've it's, seen probably, a lot of it's probably on the Mediterranean. On, <laughs> I've seen a lot of pictures uh, of it on is Twitter. Is there trading involved? Man, if you go to Twitter, there are pictures everywhere. They're cute dice. Like so that's like cubes. So, yeah. It's the Mediterranean. It's not like cubes. It's Sagrada City because so I, I, like I I'm all over this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, think it's a city. I think it's I think it's actually like a, a, a cathedral, cathedral or something like that. But it's like named for a place. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm, so you I'm need there. to go into the cathedral and play the game itself. Anyway, um, but it's it's actually kind of an interesting way of doing uh, randomness as well because you have this like sheet that slides under your board and it has. Uh, a, a couple of them, like you have to have a certain color in this spot. You have to have a cup, a number in this spot. But you're drafting, and and so things are getting removed, and you have to know when to get things and put them on there. And I mean, I mean, I'm not a rules expert on this one. I've just seen kind of a couple of reviews, but it looks wow. really, okay. really neat. I'm, I'm, my, my interest has been piqued. Okay, it's so neat. it will be ours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I think we've kind of exhausted. This topic, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's actually kind good of. food for thought, though. I mean, how even in games you think aren't that random, looking for those elements that are random, and thinking about am I, am I, how am I using that randomness? You know, how is the designer using that to to propel the game engine forward, or or forcing myself and the other players to to react? So, well, Shuck, well sorry, sorry, no, go ahead. So, Shuck, can you can you um. Would you could you sign off the segment the way you sign off the uh, <laughs> the YouTube video? So if you're going to buy or possibly design a new board game, pay close attention to how the random elements of the game are handled. Are there abundant choices available? Are there abundant w- alternative ways to handle a bad card draw or dice roll? Can you develop your own strategy, or is there just one single best option? And don't forget that cards offer advantage over dice when considering probability distribution. Most importantly. Always do your research before buying or selling a game, read reviews, play test your product, and always ask around for others' opinions. <laughs>